Good morning. Welcome to Lincoln Square Presbyterian Church. We gather here in God's presence to respond in worship, to give thanks for God's goodness and the one who's created us and redeemed us in Christ. So as we gather, I want to take a moment to share some announcements and just some things going on in the life of the church. Uh, this Sunday is Ascension Sunday, and we remember that Jesus is not only the one who died for us and the one who rose, but has ascended into heaven to sit down at the right hand of God as the one who has the name above all names. And so we will continue our series of looking at the names of Jesus in Revelation as we celebrate uh, this one who has worked for us and cared for us. Um, a couple things to mention, if uh, take a look at uh, inside of your cover of your order of worship, there's information about children's classes and things happening there. You'll see about the preschool class and also children's worship that will be dismissed here in a little bit in the service. Uh, also, there's a note that there is a youth group today. Uh, if you have questions, you can talk to Pastor Eric about that, uh, but that will be after the service. Uh, then also just encourage you to take a look at the back of your order of worship. There's a couple, the last couple pages are announcements. You can see different ways that you can help and serve and different things that are coming up uh, in the uh, coming months of being at, involved in the church life. Well, God's called us to come and to gather in his presence as his people. And as we get ready to do that, let's take a moment of quiet to prepare ourselves to come before God. morning. Our call to worship today is from Psalm 47. Will you stand with us and we'll sing it together. God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a song. God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a song. The Lord, the most high, is to be feared a great king over all the earth. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of the trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth, sing praises with a song. God is the king of all the earth, sing praises with a song. God is the king of all the earth, sing praises with a song. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. God is the king of all the earth, sing praises.
Let us pray together. Gracious Lord and God of our salvation, we come together in your presence this morning and we ask that you would incline your ear to our cries and to our prayers. We acknowledge and we praise you, Lord, as our creator and as our redeemer. We give you thanks for your great goodness and compassion, for being slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness toward us. Heavenly Father, equip us to rejoice in hope and to be patient in tribulation. For those of us who are coming in this morning with weariness from this past week, who are wrestling with doubt, or are maybe experiencing a season of lament, Lord, we just pray for your mercy and for your restoration. We pray for your compassion upon us. We pray specifically uh, for the communities of Uvalde and of Buffalo, who are experiencing sorrow and grieving the loss of loved ones. We pray also for those who are experiencing loss and lament in our city as well. We ask, Lord, that your word and that your spirit would comfort these communities. We ask that you would strengthen the local churches in these cities to be a source of gospel light in the midst of pain. In times of uh, national and individual pain, Lord God, Please remind us that Christ became a man of sorrows on our behalf, and this is the gospel, Lord, that uh, Christ has entered into our pain. 
So please ground us in that truth by your grace and by your faithfulness. You're making all things new. And so uh, equip us this morning by your word and by your spirit to be a church of grace and truth. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, at this time, the children's worship is available to go downstairs and meet Melinda in the back. Well, we turn now to our time of confession and assurance, and it's in this time that we recognize our sin and our need for the grace of Christ. We'll do this together uh, corporately and then take a time of silent uh, personal confession. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. O oh Lord, fight against the ones who hate me without cause into my soul. Say I am your salvation. O oh Lord, fight against the ones who hate me without cause into my soul. Say, I am your salvation. How long, O oh Lord, how long, O oh Lord, will you look at me and be silent? I'm weary now, I'm so tired now. I can bear their glares and their violence. Oh Lord, fight against the ones who hate me without cause into my soul. Say I am your salvation. Oh Lord, fight against the ones who hate me without cause into my soul. Say I am your salvation. I'm crying out, Lord, I'm crying out, and there's not a friend to console me. I will wait for you, help me wait for you, let me see your kindness and your glory. Oh, Lord, fight against the ones who against the ones who hate me without cause into my soul. Say, I am your salvation. Let us take a moment of silent personal confession.
Lord, we give you thanks for drawing us near to yourself in Christ. Help us to be a people of grace who walk by faith in who you are and what you have done. And may this be uh, our call, our identity in Christ alone. We thank you, Lord. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you will uh, all stand with me, we'll now read our words of assurance together. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Amen. As God has welcomed us and gathered us to himself, let us take a moment to greet one another. Though we wait 
The New Testament lesson is from Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The gospel lesson is from Luke 24, 44 through 53. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with the power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven, and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning again. It's good to be here and worship with you and look at God's word. Thank you, Lucy, for reading from the scriptures for us. We're going to continue our series of looking at passages from the last book of the New Testament, the book of Revelation, and give a special attention to passages that touch on the special titles that Jesus receives in that book. And just as a way to kind of help us kind of get our bearings again, the, this last book of the Bible, Revelation, has, has three major sections. There's the, the opening, there's a long middle section, and then a conclusion. And in the opening, we learn that John is the author, and he's writing from the island of Patmos, where he has been exiled due to his faith in Christ. We also learned in the opening that this letter was addressed to seven churches in Asia. And these churches, they all were in prominent cities within the Roman Empire. And so it's helpful for us to remember this context that everywhere these early Christians looked, Everything that they heard told them that Rome was in control. That Rome and what 
Rome valued, that was the picture of success. And that the path of Jesus was simply foolish. In the midst of such social and economic pressures, revelation is a gift to them and to us. I've been saying this each week, uh, there might be lots of different thoughts about Revelation if you're familiar with it at all, but it is not a book primarily about timetables or formulas, but rather it is a gift, a gift to us and to all Christians, a gift of a new and alternative vision of how the world is and will be, of what is true and what will last. And so over and over again, through a variety of symbols and images, Revelation proclaims this wonder that Jesus, the fool who was executed on a Roman cross, is the resurrected one, is the ascended one, is the glorified one, the one who will vindicate his people and the one who will judge and have the final word over all creation. And such a vision as we can imagine, as we've been trying to get our hearts around, interrupts the common assumptions about what is success, about what is life, about who to listen to, about the value of social power, economic prosperity. Such a vision says, patiently endure. Let us hold on to the faith, the testimony of Jesus. And so that is this context that we're in. And today, we're going to look at a vision that's at the start of the third and final section of the book, the conclusion. And in this vision that we will read, we'll be invited to see See where everything is headed, a new heavens, a new earth, a new Jerusalem, and we'll be invited to hear, to hear the one seated on the throne who says, behold, I am making all things new. So let's look at our passage. This is from Revelation 21. It's printed in your order, or you can follow in your Bible. We're going to look at 21, verse 1 through 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is now among the people. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. Those who conquer will have this heritage, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. This is God's word given for our good. Well, as I mentioned about seeing and hearing, one of the patterns in this book is that John is invited to both see and to hear, to see a vision and to hear a voice. And And that's the case in our passage this morning. And so there's two questions I want us to ask to help us move through our passage and and to grasp this message given to us. The, The question being, in this vision, what do we see? And then second, what do we hear? 
So let's start with this first question. In this vision, what do we see? We see the first heaven and earth replaced with a new heaven and a new earth. We see the renovation, the remaking, not the throwing away, but the remaking of creation. This renewal, this vision is not our souls escaping our bodies or the earth, but rather our renewed bodies on a redeemed earth. This hope of transformation of God's creation runs throughout the scriptures. The prophet Isaiah says that God promises that he will create a new heavens and a new earth that will remain before him forever. In Romans 8, we hear that all of creation, all of creation groans while it waits and eagerly longs for its freedom from decay. And the second Peter speaks of a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness will dwell. So we see this new heaven and new earth, but we also see that there is no more waters, no more sea. What does this mean? What does this image invite us to? Well, the sea was associated with chaos, with being out of control. Early in Revelation, the beast, the evil beast that misleads people, rises out of the chaotic waters. And so this symbol of no more sea speaks of the newness that God is doing, that chaos and fear and uncertainty in their sources are removed. This seeing of new creation and no more sea affirms to us now a couple important things. It affirms the preciousness of this life. It affirms the value of creation, the value of this embodied physical life. God's not going to throw away making the world in us, but he's remaking a new world, remaking our bodies. And the second thing that it is affirmed is the deep, deep sorrow of sin. In the presence of chaos, fear, and evil. So I want us to see that, that Christianity, in this vision invites us to see that Christianity gives us a holistic answer to the tensions that you and I experience, the, the human experience. This world, all of our neighbors, our life are deeply valuable. That we are made in God's image, placed in his good creation, and created to live in relationships and connection. Yet our faith also affirms our experience that we are all twisted or in bondage and disconnected, unable to take hold of or experience what we deeply long for. As we read in Romans, humans, while made in the image of God and made to be in connection with others, are swift to shed blood. Their paths are ruin and misery and the way of peace they have not known. This vision invites us to see the value of this life, this world that God has made, and also to see the profound brokenness of it. We've been reminded of this tension of these truths in the recent events in our country, these mass shootings that are so terrible. Both the profound value of life 
the value of human life and the terrible, disturbing reality of hate and evil. In a book called Every Moment Holy, a book of prayer liturgies, it offers a liturgy for death due to violence. And a couple lines from it reads, a crime, a loss, a shock, an evil, a tragedy all in one. So senseless, so brutal, so random, surreal. O Christ, where is the justice that could ever make this right when no one can restore what has been taken? God, my thoughts are disorganized. I feel powerless, angry, disquieted, and without peace. It's important, I think, as we read this vision of what God will do, that we do not take a vision of the future to mean an ignoring or a devaluing of the present. The church has made this mistake before. I want us to see that the opposite of true, that Revelation consistently gives us these visions and that then a new creation with evil removed affirms our present value and our purpose now that we are to know God, to be connected to others, to walk in love and truth, while also inviting us honestly to acknowledge this longing for the terrible reality of sin and evil and chaos to be no more to speak honestly about the reality of human evil and compromise and death. We're invited to see that something is terribly wrong. Let us say so and weep and long for what is put before us in this vision. Abel was the first human to be murdered. Abel was violently killed by his brother Cain. And God says that Abel's blood speaks of humans' sin and violence. That Abel's blood from the ground speaks of our failure to keep one another. But later in Hebrews 12, we're told that Jesus' blood speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Jesus' blood speaks a better word. It proclaims that the tossing waves of the sea, the terror of having no certain place to put our feet, the chaos of violence and of death, all this shall pass away. Tears and death and mourning and pain shall be no more. For by his blood and resurrection, Jesus establishes new life and a new creation. In this new creation, we see a holy city. We're invited to see new Jerusalem. And this city is a people. For earlier in the book of Revelation, Jesus says that those who hold on to my testimony, you are to be inscribed with the title, the name, New Jerusalem, that comes down from my God in heaven. Here is an image of a city. Later in the Revelation, we read about it, how it's an image of beauty and of putting together perfectly architecturally and how it speaks of welcome and safety. But here, the image is primarily relational. A gathering of people, violence and disconnection and disregard exchanged for connection, love and being known. 
Here is a community, and not only is it brought together, but this city now comes forth as a bride, coming down the aisle adorned for her husband. A city, a gathering of new relationships, but also now placed in the image of a wedding, of a marriage, a scene of love and of intimacy. We're invited to see the new heavens, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem. But in seeing this, we also then hear an announcement. You might have noticed that when the, the bride comes forward, when the new city comes down, an announcement comes from the throne. And so it moves us to the second question that we can ask is not only what do we see, but what is it that we hear in this vision? As the bride, as the people of the Lamb come forth, we hear this announcement. Behold, the dwelling place of God is now among the people. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Here is the center of our faith, the center of our hearts, that we'll be with God, that we'll be with God face to face. And the promise is summarized as, I will be your God and you will be my people. It's not just God. We don't just believe in God, but this is my God. And we're not just a people, not just the people who gather in the same spot, but we are the people of God. Way back in the, the 80s, there was a movie called The Mission. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to see it. But in this movie, The Mission, there is a, a Spanish expedition that goes to kind of the New World, to, to South America in this case. And in one of the scenes of the movie, there is a man from the expedition who breaks the, the code, breaks the, the rules of the group. And as penance, he is required to drag a net filled with armor and swords and all types of metal up a waterlogged cliff. If you can imagine or somehow picture just so heavy and so difficult, falling and trying to drag it. And in the movie, a person who's not part of the expedition, a, a person who has many reasons to stay away from the expedition, sees this burdened man, sees the burdened man struggle. He approaches him, and with a knife, he cuts the cord to the net, freeing him from his burden. The prophet Isaiah speaks to Israel many years ago, an Israel that was greatly weighed down. It says, a time is coming when your burdens will depart from your shoulders. And like the movie, the vision that Isaiah gives us and the, the, the vision that we hear here, the vision of relief is not that we cut ourselves free or somehow we finally climbed up that cliff no matter how heavy the net was. Rather, we need someone to free us. Something must be done for us. Someone must act for us to deliver us from the evil and disobedience and all those things that would weigh us down. And what I want us to, to hear as we picture such a scene is at the heart of this hope, at the heart of this proclamation of God, 
is that our burdens are lifted because of our union with God. Our burdens are lifted not because we figure out how to manage them or get stronger, but we're, they're broken because we are now united to another. It is the work of God, God's union with us in Christ. For think Jesus says to us th- today, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me and I will give you rest. He says, my yoke, our union with him is light. Behold, the dwelling place of God is now among my people. We're invited now today to experience the lifting of our burdens, that we are not alone, that our guilt and our shame and our worries can be given to Christ. But here is a vision that one day all of this will be fully removed. United with Christ and God dwelling with his people will lead to all sorrow, sin, death being cast away. This union with tenderness and love, God, will wipe away our tears, promising that death is swallowed up and that there is no more mourning or crying or pain. We're invited to to know God, to experience the lifting today, but to long for the fullness of that and his promise. And why, why will this happen? What is the hope of such things? because we hear what God is doing. He comes to dwell with us because, he says, I am making all things new. Maybe we could even imagine in this moment, what would it like for you to be made new? What would it be like for your family or your closest relationships? to be new. We could ask that for our church or for our city, our country. What would it be like for the old things to be taken away? This is the promise of what God will do when he dwells with his people. And it is because he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And it's from the place of the throne, the place of authority, that God and the Lamb declares the intention to remake his world, remake creation. And to underscore that, he says, I am the beginning and the end. I am the Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega were the the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. We could say the A and the Z, but I think Alpha and Omega sounds a a little cooler, maybe a little stronger. But what God's saying here is that in Christ... This is the source and origin of all things. And he is the end of all things. He's the end in that he is the goal or the aim. This is what we were made for. All of creation was made for. This is where it's headed. And no matter how terrible things are, no matter what tribulation comes, this is where it will arrive. Because the one on the throne has the final word in your life, in mine, in all creation. We're invited to see and to hear. And I think it's interesting that when we're invited to hear, twice we're told to behold. Behold. What what do we do when we behold something? We watch. We witness it. We, We take it in. 
It's very clear, right? We don't contribute. God's not inviting us to bring our, our best efforts at this time to make sure that all gets done. We're invited to watch and to behold and to receive this gift. In both the opening chapter of Revelation and here at the end when we see the, where things are headed, the instruction is the same to John, the author. Write these things down. Write them down, for they are trustworthy and true. And here he adds, To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. And to those who conquer will have this heritage. I will be their God, and they will be my children. As we draw to a close, I, I want us just to think again how this vision of the future speaks to us today. Behold, in the midst of all the things in, in you and around you, the things that seem so heavy upon you, behold, our God is the one who dwells with us. Behold, our God is the one who will make all things new. And so we're encouraged today to accept and to hold on what is true, to direct our thirst to what will satisfy. And these questions, both big and small, about what is life and what is success, who is in control, why are we here, where are we headed? There are many answers, many things that will tell you how you should direct yourself, what you should give yourself to, who is worthy of payment. But here we're invited to overcome. Overcome meanings throughout Revelation to patiently endure, to hold on to the testimony of Jesus, to say that he is the water of life, that he is what is trustworthy and true. And all those who overcome, all those who hold on to Christ, who listen to him, will drink of the water of life and eat of the tree of life. And you will hear this good news that you are my child and I am your God. This is the gift that's given to us in Christ. Let us hold it and treasure it as we go forth this day. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are, a God that does not cast away your creation, but acts to redeem it and to remake it, to make all things new. Lord, let us speak honestly about our sin and about the brokenness of this world, but also let us speak about the deep value of what you've made and the hope we have in Christ. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you please stand with us? We'll sing together. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be
Lord our God, you raised up Christ to rule over all creation. Give him the name which is above all other names. It is good and right for us to join with your people on earth and all the company in heaven in the unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, as Pastor Chad led us this morning to see this vision, to hear these good words, we often do see a lot of chaos and fear in the world around us, in our own lives, in our society. And each week, we're given a sign, we're given a symbol of God's foretaste, his grace to us, that we are his people that we are united to his son who bore sin and death so that we might have life here and in the new heavens and the new earth. So as we come to this table, as we see this bread and see the wine, may we know again that we are not left alone, that we are not left without nourishment. I invite you to come to this table to receive these signs and these symbols of this good news. Let, us, let me pray over these elements. Gracious, merciful God, Lord, I pray that you would use the bread and that you would use the wine to give us nourishment, to lift up our weary heads and our souls, and to give us new life by your Spirit. Lord, we pray this in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Well, on the night when Christ was betrayed, he took bread and blessed it and gave thanks and broke it, saying, This is my body, broken for you. Take and eat. Likewise, Jesus took the cup, saying, This is the blood of my new covenant. Drink and do this in remembrance of me. For as we eat this bread and drink this wine, we proclaim 
the risen, resurrected Christ is ascended and rules over heaven and earth. As, as, you, as, I, as we come to the table, I invite you to come forward to our servers. Um, if you would like to only receive a blessing, uh, feel free to come to Pastor Chad or myself and place your uh, arm over your chest and you can receive a blessing during this time. I invite our servers to come forward at this time.
the body of Christ, broken for you, take and eat. The blood of Christ, shed for your sins, take and drink. Let me pray for our time. Gracious God, we give you thanks that in Christ we have received life. Lord, we ask that you would use these elements to renew us this day, that you would send us out in the midst of the chaos and the fear, knowing that we hold on to you and that you are our support in life. We pray this in Christ's holy name. Amen. Will you please stand with me and we'll respond to the table in song and prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, grant us faith to trust in your grace alone as we proclaim the mystery of our faith. join me in our prayer that the kingdom might come that the world might believe that the powerful might stumble that the hidden might be seen Christ is coming to make all things new that aggression may stop that the war may would end that peace would break out like a fountain that pain and suffering would end Christ is coming to make all things new I invite you to sit We're going to continue our worship through a time of giving to, the, to God and to the work of the church. So invite those, <clears throat> sorry, the greeters to come forward to receive offering. Uh, you can give offering into the offering plate, or uh, you can also give uh, online. You'll see information in your order of worship about ways that you can support the church in its mission. Also, I just want to take a moment again to say welcome, especially if you're visiting us today. You're, we're glad that you're here and that you can join us. Uh, a couple notes that uh, after the service, there is a time of coffee and fellowship. We meet at the playground at, at McPherson School. It's just, uh, just kind of over that way, around the corner. Uh, there's information in your order with a, a little map, but uh, you can just also just follow people. But I hope you can join us and have some time together. Uh, also, just something else to mention, if, to encourage you to look at the announcements that the Friendship Center, uh, the food, local food pantry that we are a part of, uh, their renovation is complete, and they're starting their regular service again in the beginning of June. And so this is a great time uh, to restart volunteering, or if you haven't volunteered there before, to, to start. Uh, you can talk to Anna Worley about that, or if you have questions, or Nathan Hack. Yeah, he, he can also tell you more about it. But it'd be great to, to, for you to find out more about the Friendship Center and ways to help. So talk to me or one of them if you're interested in learning more. Well, God is generous to us and invites us to be generous. Let's, let's stand together and sing the doxology as we give thanks. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly home. 
Receive now God's blessing. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, may the love of God surround you now and always. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. May go in peace.